Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Healed and Healthy with your host, me, Liz. So in today's episode, a few things. So first to start off, I may be speaking a little weird. You guys may pick up on that. It is because I did get my braces off and I do have retainers on. So I'm trying to adjust with speaking to them. So if I sound a little weird, now you know why. But in today's episode, I am going to be talking about how I got to this point in my life, how I became healed and healthy. Not how my podcast became that, but how I did. So the main topic is going to be therapy. So without further further ado, see that's what I'm saying, I won't be able to really talk today. <laughs> without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Alright guys, I actually decided to take off the retainers because I am going to be speaking for a little bit and I didn't want it to sound too off and get distracting so I just took them off. But thank you guys all so much for tuning into well the previous listeners for tuning in into my revamped podcast of Healed and Healthy. It used to be Unleash Your Better Version but I am in a new stage in my life, a new chapter in my life and I really feel like that Unleash Your Better Version was still me developing into who I'm meant to be um, and healed and healthy. Just kind of is describes more of where I am in my life now. And that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. How I got here and how I feel like I don't really resonate with Unleash Your Better Version. Even though like a part of it, a part of me still kind of does. I mean, I feel like I think I said this in the last podcast and the last episode where I don't feel it, I don't fully think that you're ever done growing. I always think there's more room for growth and we're human beings, so every day we're learning new things about ourselves, new ways to cope. We've we're encountering ourselves in different situations and new situations. So you're never really gonna stop learning. You're never really gonna stop growing uh, mentally, but I stopped growing physically, but <laughs> that's another story. But mentally I don't ever think you stop growing. So a part of me is still growing but I feel like I'm in a very good healing healed phase in my life already and I said this before I know that word gets tossed around a lot nowadays but I really am in the best spot in my life to be quite honest so that's what I'm gonna be telling you guys about how I got here um, and the resources you guys can use. I am not a medical professional. I do not know. I didn't major in psychiatry, psychologist, none of that. Um, So it is just personal experience, what's worked for me, how I got here. Um, And then a lot of the things that my therapist has shown me and the coping mechanisms that I've learned has all been because it's resonated with me. And we were actually just talking about that, how like different things just help different people it really just is how you take it and how you um, process it so I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit about therapy for me in my eyes and in my situation okay so first things first just like in anything like people who struggle with addictions and problems and stuff like that first thing is accepting that you need the help you need to know that you're in a place where maybe you can't fight it on your own or, you know, you just need extra moral support. You don't have that from your friends and family, whatever it is. The first thing, obviously, is accepting and willing to accept the help. So for me, for a really long time, after my miscarriage, 
I really did turn to my parents and my friends. I did have a great support system. That's not what I was lacking. And I did turn a lot into my religion and my faith again. And again, that's not where I was lacking. I just felt like it wasn't enough. I felt like there was still parts of me where I just didn't know how to cope with the feelings that I was feeling, which were anger and hatred and disappointment and just a lot of (laughs) negative feelings, guys, to make the story short. So I realized that there was in situations where my friends maybe weren't there and my family wasn't there. So I'll give you guys a perfect example. I was on a vacation trip when something came up and I realized and it triggered feelings that I just didn't want to feel anymore. Like I didn't want to be triggered in this way by this person. So during the vacation, I mean, it was just me and my sister and like she was helping me like calm down and breathe and stuff like that. But and I was texting my friend, but it just I'm like, I just don't want to feel this anymore. I don't want to have these feelings or if they do come up and I'm by myself, thankfully, like I said, my sister was there on the trip with me. But if I wasn't like I want to be able to know how to cope with these feelings and again, not feel them because back to my religion support, like I know that it's not healthy for me. It doesn't matter about the other person it's just I knew internally for my mental health and for my soul well-being like feeling these feelings that I was towards this situation this person was not healthy for me in any way so I just didn't want to feel that anymore I just want to feel zero when the topic got brought up with the person got brought up if I were to ever see this person like I want to feel absolutely nothing like so That's where I realized I did need therapy. I'm like, I need someone to kind of guide me and help me and like have that conversation with me to tell me what it is that I need to do. Because no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I talk to God privately, like it's still not that I'm still not getting that those tips and that redirection and guidance on telling me how to validate my feelings and how I can cope with it. So First things first, you need to be willing to accept the help, get the help, and know that you need help. So that's the first thing. Once you get to that, the hardest thing I think a lot about therapy is, I mean, nowadays I feel like it's more common for insurance to cover it, but I know for a really, really long time, like, you had to pay, it was super expensive, the misconception about therapy and the thing that I think, I don't know, a lot of of therapists will tell you this, is a lot of people don't go because it has this... Um, stamina that it's expensive and it is I mean I thankfully have really good insurance and my insurance does cover it so that's another thing step two that I took was digging into my insurance and seeing if it covered um, therapy how much it would cover and obviously who was in network which therapist works with my insurance so that would be your second step is if you do have insurance call find out I know it's scary making phone calls, but that's the only way you're going to find out. So call and find the resource. If not, maybe figure out what insurance does or maybe what therapists are more affordable without taking insurance. Do your research as far as how much it's going to cost you because it is an expense, obviously. And you have to know what's within your budget, obviously. So 
thankfully I found my therapist who works with my insurance and like I said it's really really affordable for me thank god for my insurance honestly I have hands down probably one of the best insurance for many many things so I found her and then you take the next step the next, the next step for me um, was I already knew the therapist that I wanted to use because I do have um, some friends on social media that use this therapist and they have raved about her. Um, shout out to those girls. There's two girls who actually use this therapist on my close friends on Instagram and it was thanks to them. So they've already had good things. They've had already said good things about her. I've done a little bit of research on her too and I just sent her an email um, saying, you know, like, I'm a new patient. This is what I'm looking for. This is these are the things that I'm struggling with, and we ended up being compatible. Like um, I really liked her vibe, and we even did like a first session just to see if like I liked her vibe and her techniques, and it worked out for me. Thankfully, on the first try, it worked out. For some of you guys, it may be a trial and error. You might have to um, email a few. Um, definitely do your research. Like I said, I have my my insurance app does have this way that you can see like reviews and stuff on them and like uh ratings and all that right so uh definitely do your research and see what other people have said about them and stuff like that like I said you might have to email quite a few and maybe have um your first few sessions with two or three different ones till you find where you're comfortable and that's totally normal that's totally okay you don't want to settle for the first person because this is a person that's going to guide you for months for me now, I have been in therapy for coming on a year, actually. Um, September, I believe, is when I first started therapy. Very ending of August, beginning of September. So I'm coming up on my year. So you definitely want to choose someone that you're going to be, feel comfortable with and you're okay with seeing regularly. So I see my therapist once a week. And like I said, I love her and I lo- I feel very comfortable with her she's I don't know like we just get each other like she understands me she I don't have to really like explain myself too much and or if I over explain myself then at the end I'm like does that make sense like do you get it it's just like yeah yeah like I I get you girl so we're definitely like I feel super comfortable with mine like I said I was really blessed to be able to find her on the first try so for you your next step may be like I said trial and error figuring out where where you feel comfortable with the, which therapist you like and understands you and that you understand their techniques and their what their tips on coping mechanisms. I kind of like rambled myself and got stuck there but for me like I said my therapist the when she tells me something it like really does stick to me and I'm like you know what I never saw it like that or that makes sense when you put it in this perspective and when you give me this example as a reference it I, it clicks to me so try an error go to a few therapists try your first session with a few just to see where you feel comfortable and who you kind of vibe with and you're like okay I could they understand me I understand them like you guys can both reciprocate each other's energy and understandment so that is step four so if you've made it this far along, so if you've already contacted your insurance or if you've done your research as far as cost wise, how much you will be paying out of pocket and you've already chosen the person that you're going to be um, doing your therapy sessions with. So you've chosen your therapist and you've already gone on quote unquote your first date <laughs> or your interview with them and you vibe with them. Now you are in therapy. Now you start your first session and you move forward from that 
tips that I can give you from now because it's all obviously going to be what works for you and what works for you and your therapist. One thing that has helped me definitely a lot has been note taking. So I have a little notebook where anything that is being said during my session, so stuff that she points out and um, tips and tricks on how to cope with certain things if those feelings or thoughts were brought up, then that um, I could just go reference back to my notebook, kind of like in school, I guess, when you take notes to kind of help you um, solve a problem, the steps you took and stuff like that. So that's definitely something that works for me and my therapist knows that as well. So sometimes she'll see like that whatever she said like stuck with me and I'm like I'm writing it down just like I'll give you I'll pause and like I'll let you write it down I'm like yes give me one second <laughs> so that's something that works for me if you are I'm big at note-taking in general though so if that's something that you're comfortable with and you know that is gonna help you then definitely have your little notebook and take it with you and I don't know if I mentioned this but I do actually take therapy virtually so I do do it from the comfort of my home and honestly I thought I wasn't gonna like it at first because I'm a very kind of like classes when I was in school I my last year of college I had to do virtual and I hated it so then that's when I just decided to take a break from school but for therapy um I actually don't mind it I think if it's better in my routine because I do um do it on my days off and you know, my days off are filled with a lot of stuff that I have to get done. So if I had to go and take an extra additional trip somewhere else for an hour, um, my day would be really, really tied up. So I'm glad that I'm able to do it at home and um, I don't have to go out anywhere and I can get my stuff done right before therapy. And then right after, as soon as I'm done with therapy, I can get back to doing what I was doing before I started. So if I was cleaning it up around the house. Um, meal prepping whatever it is that I was doing so that's what I like it because I fit into my schedule so if you are the type that you just really can't do virtually then again all personal preference and I'm just gonna briefly talk about my experience with therapy to kind of wrap up the episode and I'm gonna tell you guys what it's done for me so I have now been in therapy for, um, I think I said this already, going on a year. I think late August, beginning of September is when I started therapy a year ago. And I can truthfully, truthfully say that I have seen, uh, I don't want to fully say like a whole 360 um, of, a, of a change in myself, but it is greater than like 180 shift. Like I feel like it's in the 300s, if that makes sense to you guys. So I can say for certain that like I'm 100% better um, and stuff like that. But I know I'm more than average in my healing journey. Like I'm more than halfway there. And... It's even like the littlest things, that's why I say like certain, like every therapist works differently and not every tactic that they, and every patient is different for these therapists as well. So not, so a tactic that they use on another patient may not be the tactic that they use on you because it may not resonate with you or you may not find it comfortable. But for me, I'm very, very comfortable with my therapist and she knows me really well at this point. She knows kind of what to say. She knows she has to be a little bit tougher and show tougher love with me because that's really how I'll learn. So um, I'm going to give you guys a little example um, just to kind of show you how 
easy and how simple, not easy, but like how simple a phrase can go a very long way. And it's something that I, I, for whatever reason, I mean, honestly, like it's not even something that I took into consideration or ever thought about. Or even if someone did tell me, I don't know why it just never resonated with me. So we have covered a lot of topics in therapy. Um, my therapist, she had me fill a super long questionnaire at the very beginning. And I went through a lot, a lot of questions, somewhat confusing to me. So shout out to my bestie, Karen, for helping me fill that out because I was constantly asking her, like, what do I answer for this? Like, this is this considered that? <laughs> it, was, it was super funny. But it really does give her a better idea on, like, who you are and your background and stuff like that. Like, you really have to ask, like, to the core questions and very specific questions as well. So... A topic that got brought up for me and a topic that I did want to cover was um, body dysmorphia, body image, and self-esteem. A lot of it having to do with my physical features, my my outer look, <laughs> how I look physically. And I have suffered a lot from body dysmorphia um, and a little bit tying. And this is actually something that she helped me realize. It's in the Hispanic culture, you're just giving names based off your looks so for example my nickname growing up was la flaca or flakis flaca whatever you know it's just emphasizing and giving me the picture that i'm skinny and thinner and compared to my sister who she's always been called gorda bella la gorda and stuff like that so already giving her that image that she is bigger so to me i always felt like i had to fit this image of i'm flaca i have to be flaca and it's very hard when you don't feel that and I feel like that fucks with your head a lot because you're being told oh yeah like flaca and you're like I don't feel like I'm flaca though so it's a really big mind fuck game so for me um, and then as I got older there was a phase in my life um, where I did kind of gain a little bit of weight and it was actually the heaviest I have been I think I was around 160 pounds. You may not, you guys may not think that's a lot, but for my age and my height, that and for just me, who I was as a person, it's it was over um, because I I was born a um, like underweight. I think I weighed like five pounds, <laughs> and like I said, just my whole life I've always been a double zero, a zero, and in that phase of my life, my gene size was like a five or six. So, like I said, it's just very obviously out of the norm for me so and then people started pointing it out my family members my parents like oh you know you like we like literally I remember my mom saying like yeah the bones are my flaca because you're not flaca anymore I was like oh period like thanks girl so that really like fuck with me and then also just how I felt I just started feeling more insecure the person that I was with also didn't help that I was getting cheated on and so I'd compare myself to the girls that he would cheat on me with so uh that created that from there made it worse so that when I started losing weight and stuff like that I still didn't feel like I had lost weight and stuff like that so ever since long story short <laughs> ever since I was younger I never saw how people saw me like what I saw in the mirror was not what people were seeing and it was very very hard for me because I had a love-hate relationship with food um there was a point in my life where I was in the beginning stages of anorexia just because, like I said, and I know now I look back and I was like, 
girl, you was like 60 pounds. Where did you think you were fat at all? Like not even your brain was fat. So I remember that was in eighth grade and it did get caught early. I did see um, my social worker at school and talk to some counselors and stuff like that. So I never suffered from any eating disorders, thankfully, um, bulimia or anorexia or anything like that. And so, but I did have a love-hate relationship with food. So I did um, sometimes kind of ne- neglect myself from food because I felt like I had a heavier meal the day before, the night before, or the meal before. So again, long story short, something that stuck with me when we were in the topic of body dysmorphia and relationship with food was pretty much her saying, Liz, think about it, think your body as a vehicle, as a car. What does your car need in order for it to run? And I'm like, well, gas like if you don't have gas your car won't even start (laughs) well it will start I think but it won't get you nowhere so she's like and that's exactly what your body is your body is a car that runs on energy and that runs on gas and that energy that fuel source to your body is food fuel for your car is gas fuel for you is food so clearly you need food to function she's like you can't skip meals And you can't expect to function on a daily basis. And it was that short of a sentence that literally stuck with me. And I'm not kidding, guys. Like, it's going to sound exaggerated. But literally, ever since then, my relationship with food is so much better. My body with dysmorphia is still kind of there. There is days, you know. If you're a girl, the girls who get it, get it. (laughs) That time of month, you're kind of insecure. You're bloated, whatever. So there is times and seasons of my life, of course, where I'm still insecure. I'm not 100%. Like I said, I'm not like quote-unquote cured I'm not better and I'm gonna I'm still going to have those days I'm a human being but that's besides the point like my relationship with food me skipping on meals me eating less and stuff like that does not happen anymore I'm not kidding guys like I eat my very good three four meals a day obviously like if I can fit breakfast I do if I can't like it's just because I'm running late, but it's not because I avoided it intentionally. Back then, I would literally avoid it. Now, it's like I try my best to have breakfast because I know it's the most important meal of the day, whatever. <laughs> but also because I'm trying to get my protein in and I know that if I need, if I want to function and make it through crazy hectic days at work, then I need to eat. So it it is stuff, little, as, as little stuff like that, that gets to you and it's the fact that I have I understand my therapist and she understands what I need to hear and how she has to talk to me for me to get it and the body dysmorphia is definitely a topic that I can cover more in depth in if that's something that you guys would be interested in because like I said it's I know a lot of people go through and it's not that talked about and it's kind of like look you people look at you weird when you like say or criticize your body and stuff and it's just like oh she's just doing it for attention or listen that I'm like no babe I really do hate myself and I hate my body <laughs> like if I loved myself you would not hear me say a single word like about my body I would not complain at all to you but I don't and it's you're put in a situation where god forbid you say anything god forbid you don't so it's such a it's such a weird topic and it's something that I could definitely talk more in detail about if that's something that you guys are interested. If not, mejor me quedo calladita, you know? <laughs> but another thing that kind of did stay with me 
um, has was something about like hearing like a, a mean bully voice in my voice. And this is this is something just recently that we talked about a month ago. And I'm still kind of trying to put that into perspective. I'm still trying to find a way on how I can incorporate that. And at the times that I can, sometimes se me pasa. And other times I'm like, you know what? You're just a complainer. That voice in my head, that mean voice, the bully that tells me, oh, you should have known better. Or why would you do this? Or why would you fuck up? She told me, think about it like as a complainer. It's like, blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. What is the solution? What are we going to do moving forward? What are we going to do to fix it, to fix the problem? Like right now, you're just a nagger. So that mean voice that I hear with my own voice, that's a bully to myself. She's like, it's really just a complainer. And she's like, have you ever met a complainer? And I'm like, trust me, I know a few. <laughs> and so it's definitely true. It's just nag, 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 nag. And then it's just like, okay, get to the point, get to the solution, though, because I'm tired of you hearing, bitch. So that is another thing that kind of stuck with me. Like I said, that one was just something recently that we um, talked about, and I'm slowly starting to incorporate it and think about when I do hear, like, that voice in my head pointing things out that I did wrong. I'm just like, okay, Miss Keisha, shut up, and let's get to the point. Let's work together now to find a solution because all you're hearing, all I'm hearing right now is you complaining how you should have known better, you should have done better, you should have, you should have, should have. Okay, what are we actually going to do now, though? So it's little things like that, guys, that your therapist will tell you or you will just find it in the conversation. It'll get brought up and you're like, okay, that 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 makes sense. So tips and tricks would just be annotating things during your therapy sessions. Be open minded and open hearted in the situation. Go into therapy clear of mind. Don't worry about who's going to pick up the kids and where you're going to cook for dinner and what happened at work and what happened to school, whatever. Like come in with a clean mind, a clean heart and a clean soul because you're going to those sessions. You're going to that to better yourself, to better help yourself. So the last thing you want to do is have any blockage get in the way, have any roadblock and anything stopping you from achieving your better self and achieving the better version of yourself pretty much. So to kind of wrap up today's episode, I think that, like I said in the beginning, I think therapy is very normalized now. So don't be ashamed. Don't be um, embarrassed to say and admit that you need the help, that you want to seek help. And it just may be, you know, kind of like hand in hand with like a life coach. Maybe you're in a situation where you are pretty good, um, but you can kind of see yourself as potentially growing as a person even more uh, or there's one specific area that you feel like you've struggled a lot with and you just haven't found the way to get out of that mind space or that place in your life so anything that you feel like is holding you back from a, from reaching your better self I think getting help externally is nothing to be ashamed about and nothing wrong with it It needs to be normalized more, especially in our culture, in the um, Latino community. I don't know why it's frowned upon. It just, people label therapy with like crazy people. And I feel like that's so 80s, 70s, 90s mentality, older mentality to have. Again, you don't have to, maybe you don't have to share with everyone. You don't have to say that you are 
in therapy if that's something that maybe you don't have the best support system that will back you up and you don't feel comfortable that's totally okay um for me i'm very open about it i have gotten two people now into therapy um so that makes me really happy because i talked about my experience and they've even seen it in myself they're like dude i can really see the difference like you look happier you seem happier you seem more calm like you don't i my attitude those who know me man i had the worst attitude like i really am like i'm a mexicana like my attitude is on a thousand like i used to have no patience i used to be triggered super easily and that's what was causing a lot of hurt in my life because i would just get triggered and and i would let stuff trigger me so now i found ways and i knew that was always a problem for me i knew i didn't want to be like that i didn't want to to act on impulse and have an an act uh action cause a reaction so that's definitely something that we have still been working on in therapy but i can definitely like i said say that i am in a better place now i'm not saying as far as my attitude and my patience still being worked on because that's something that I have that's probably the biggest thing I had my whole life is my patience my attitude and my and actions causing a reaction for me I have I have to react I'm super quick to react to something and I don't want to be like that no more so uh, I got kind of off subject a little bit but if also um, my my audience is a little bit like it, for the most part, we are all in the same age group where we are, most of us not in school anymore. But if there is any listeners out there that are still in school and, you know, like you're under your parents' insurance or you're obviously a minor, so you may need consent to see like an actual therapist. What I did my um, growing up was I always saw my school social worker. So if you are in school, uh, social work is free to you and you don't need a parent's consent to go you can go and talk about whatever problems that you are facing that's uh, self-esteem issues bullying um depression eating disorders whatever it is you can see a, a social worker at your school and that's something to really take advantage of because you're in the phase of your life where you're starting to mold your your thoughts your brain and yourself you're that's just empezando a desarrollar and that is something that I actually did do in school. And that's why when I left school, it was so hard for me to get help, even though I know I, I liked seeing somebody and stuff like that. But it's scary when you're an adult. And I'm just like, does insurance cover this? What insurance does? And obviously for a long time, I was under my parents' insurance. So they would see the bills and they'd see where I'd go and stuff like that. So if you are in school, definitely take advantage of that. I love my social worker all through high school and I wish... Straight out of high school, I wish I would have continued to see therapy um, or somebody because I think it would have definitely helped and av- maybe avoided. Um, well, I take that back. Maybe not avoided, but definitely helped me to make certain decisions in my life and get out of certain situations that I was stuck in. So that is not only to live in regrets, but if there's something that I wish I would have done was st- still been in some type of therapy right after graduation because there was still a lot that I was facing and then that relationship that I kind of got into where I wish I would have gotten some help in because I knew that was not healthy for me I was stuck in a situation that was not healthy for so long and I didn't know how to get out of it 
So my tip for you guys in order to be the best version of yourself and to um, reach that full potential that you have and get to the point where you can, like I said, use the word properly of healed, it would have to be see somebody, talk to someone and clean your heart and mind and soul out of everything that's kind of being that blockage and that is holding you back and making you live an unhealthier lifestyle, whether it be with somebody else, at home, with yourself, definitely seek out the help. I mean, that's the only way I could put it in. Because for me, at least, that's the way I got to here to this point in my life. And I'm so beyond grateful that I took that step. And I'm so happy that I'm in therapy. I love my therapist. I keep mentioning this, but I love her. She's honestly the best and there isn't one thing that I don't mention to her and I'm super open with her even with stuff that like is a little TMI or a little embarrassing or a little shameful like I share with her and I told her one time like I don't know if I should be mentioning this to you but I want to be as open and transparent with you because I know that's the only way that you're gonna really be able to help me and it's really the only way that I'm going to reach not feeling these feelings thinking these thoughts and stuff like that so I tell her absolutely everything because we've reached that comfort level and I don't know moving forward from now I I mean I I still think that once a week is good for me I see my therapist once a week I think for now it's I'm I wouldn't be surprised if um I actually we start shorting it to once every other week um because like I said I am in the point of my life now where I feel like every time we meet up and the first thing we do you know is like okay catch me up how was your week any highs and lows and I'm like I have no lows this week and I'm so happy that I like at the beginning I start off with a pure negative I'm like girl let me tell you and I go on and on and now I don't have that like now I'm just like girl I'm so happy like nothing bad I'm like I had a good week I had a pretty good week if anything you know like little stressful stuff about like now the new house that I'm in and stuff like that but in life per se in my personal life I'm very very happy and I can say that honestly like with a smile on my face and that's something that I did mention at the beginning like I am going to be dropping podcasts in video version as well like I can say with a smile on my face and really like my heart in my hand that I'm super happy and I mean that and it is because of therapy that I got to this point because I don't think I would have been I I know I would have been able to do it myself but it definitely would have taken some time and more tears and more heartbreak throughout the journey so I'm glad I was able to do it in a healthy way and I, I chose a healthy alternative which was therapy so that is all I have to say on that topic that is all for this episode Um, If you guys need help in finding a therapist, reach out to people around you. Because like I said, I found my therapist through two girls that I follow on social media and they follow me and I spoke to them. I trust them like I knew them from high school and I trust their opinion. So that's how I found it. So talk to people around you. Um, If you do have insurance of your own, do your own research. If you're still in school make an appointment, so on and so forth. 
all right that concludes today's episode guys thanks so much again for tuning in don't forget to follow me on my social media go ahead and subscribe and review this podcast let me know what you want to hear next and i will see you guys in the next episode